0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 17 of In the Trenches, a podcast about technology, technical training, workforce development, building our communities, and creating effective learning experiences. I'm Eric Ward, and I am joined by my co-host, Mike Vanderpool. We have a very special guest for this episode, Evan Painter from Land Moto. Land is a Cleveland-based maker of electric motorcycles and distributed power. We discuss Land's products, their history, their future, and how much fun electric motorcycles are. We also discuss the necessity of creative problem solving in the startup world. Now, this is one of my favorite episodes, Motorcycles and Tech, What Could Be Better? Let's get to the show.
1: it is me mike vanderpool i am here today with eric ward in the trenches podcast where we talk about all kinds of cool things learning workplace workforce development creative problem solving and we're here today with evan painter from land moto evan was uh kind enough to allow ward and i to go for a test ride on some of these cool bikes that they've got going on so we will talk to evan about the bike about how they creative problem solve and all the cool things that are happening inside of land moto today and what they've got planned, at least as much as they will tell us. Mm-hmm. So, Eric Ward, good to see you again. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Mike? Well, I welcome, cannot Evan. Com- good to see you. Good to see you, too. I cannot complain. It's a beautiful day in Northwest Ohio. You two are in Northeast Ohio, correct? It's yep. beautiful. It's gonna be hot. Also beautiful here. Yep. Great <laughs> day for a bike ride. We should- There you go. <laughs> we we should have went back for another bike ride. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I met Evan at the Ohio X tech summit, which was at John Carroll university. What was that Evan about a month ago? Yeah, about you, you, you and your team had the bikes in the middle of the, the assembly hall, which was kind of cool. Right. Um, I got on it and I was like, wow, I have to check this thing out. I called up Eric Ward said, Eric, uh, I know you ride motorcycles. I'm scared to go by myself. I need somebody to come with me. You were kind enough to bring me a helmet and some gloves. We met at uh, Evan, your production facility uh, yep. in what part of Cleveland?
2: Because I'm, I'm not that great with yeah, those. Uh, so we're, we're in Gordon Square right now. Um, it's about two miles outside of downtown. So we're, we're really close to to the meat of the city. Right on, right on. So we met there uh,
1: two weeks ago. Evan, great! you gave us a great tour, kind of fill us in on what you have going on. Um, and where your location is, is awesome because we took a test drive and it was hills, bike path, Evan. water view, a little bit of downtown riding. It, it, it was really really cool. But before we get into all of that good stuff, Evan, uh, do you mind telling us just a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with uh, this cool stuff going on at Land Moto?
2: Yeah, um, so I'm a design here at Land. I've been been here from the beginning. Uh, really where my interest comes from is, is, is pairing sustainability with passion. And, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my lifelong passion is, uh, is riding. It's kind of like this uh, meditative thing where, you know, everyone has their own thing. It's an escape and, uh, you know, pairing something that like sustainability and, you know, electrification and, you know, something that's very progressive and that could really change things with, um, something that means a lot to me personally is uh, is a very strong combination. So started in, in college with that and uh, really um, just never stopped pushing for the idea. And I ended up walking in the door here one day and uh, met Scott and, and the rest is uh, history in the making, I guess, not history, and, yeah, but.
1: <laughs> and who is Scott?
2: Uh, so Scott is um, the founder and CEO of Land um, he had a uh, gas motorcycle business for about 12 years. So um, a lot of learnings from him about actually how to manufacture and um, you know, like it, it's easy to draw something and, or, or talk about something that you think would work, but bring it to, into reality um, requires a lot of experience and knowledge that uh, not a lot of people have. I certainly didn't have it. So um, he, um, it, it's been great to, to learn from him and, you know, partnering and, and getting, uh, our ideas married together and, you know, forming something completely new. Cool. Cool.
1: Cool. Cool. So we'll, we'll talk about all the kind of nitty gritty details of, of what you've got going on at land, but Mm -hmm. the best part for me was, was the, was the ride. So, um, you know, I have zero experience. Well, my only experience riding a motorized scooter, was was almost killing myself uh <laughs> ward you've been riding motorcycles yeah, been forever riding,
0: um yeah i mean i've been riding since i was 18 so i've been riding for a very long time and have ridden you know a variety of motorcycles um you know from you know i started off with the moped like everybody and then you know now I've, now I've had harley's and suzuki's hondas you hmm. know you name it so have been riding for a long time
1: and evan you've got a whole bunch of experience
2: riding traditional motorcycles as well correct yeah. i mean like yeah, I've been riding most of my life. I mean, since I was maybe like 8 years old, 10 years old. Oh, wow. Nice. You know, from like uh the days of like my dad like throwing me on like a sketchy three-wheeler. It's like, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. like <laughs>
0: so, sketchy three-wheelers?
2: <laughs>
1: and that's the thing though. See, I didn't grow up around that stuff. Yeah. Like my dad wasn't into it. Grandparents, even cousins and everything. Like I was I wasn't like a uh cleveland or a toledo city boy but i was monroe michigan still kind of yeah. cityfied and and never had that experience so uh I, I know that listening to you two talk about motorcycles and bikes when you were touring like give us a tour of the facility i'm like yeah okay guys i i i, I was just pretending to know what you were talking about but um <laughs> what was really cool is once we got on the bikes and started riding it didn't take me long to get comfortable yeah. and Almost immediately, I felt like I was on the same level field with you guys and able to ride and participate at the same at the level that you guys were, yep. even though I'd only probably ridden motorized bicycles, maybe, or, or motorized kind of two-wheel um, devices for maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes my entire lifetime yeah. before that day. I rode more on that day than I had probably the whole rest of my entire lifetime. That's awesome. That is cool. And part of that though, Evan, you were kind of like, you know, we slow rolled it the way you explained everything, the way you described the bike. Like I knew what was going on. It was really cool about the bikes, how we are able to see everything. Um, But for me, hopping on in ride mode one and and maybe we should talk about those ride modes. It was very easy for me to move up the progression of what this, what this vehicle is able to do. So can you talk about that for a little bit?
2: Yeah. So, um, so the bike that you guys rode the district is, um, you know, it's a really a, an urban type of commuting vehicle or, um, you know, it's light enough, it could be a recreation, you could take it with you when you go camping or you know, whatever you're doing. Um, but the beauty of the bike and the beauty of how we started um, land is, is getting people into the experience, we really wanted people to, to to access that experience, whether you're super like you have a lot of riding experience or if you're a completely new but. Um, you know, so the, a lot of work went into making making the bike actually do what we were able to do with you, Mike. Um, you know, that's from geometry, how it's made, the the visual cues, so it's not intimidating. You know, how the seats designed, so you have a comfortable foundation. Um, but we also do it through software with the ride modes. So the the ride modes, you know, we have we have four um, ride mode. One is bylaw on e bike so um working on cutting down those barrier to entry for people to actually access that experience uh, you don't need a motorcycle license you don't need insurance or registration to actually operate the vehicle um normally when we talk to people well, oh, you know i'm interested in getting a motorcycle but you know the, the process is completely foreign to them it's intimidating and confusing and it's a huge turnoff. so um you know when we're designing the bike it's like how many things can we remove from from that bucket that inhibit inhibits someone to really make it a a easy thing to to try um but you know as you grow through the ride modes the next one is is ride mode two and it's a moped so it falls under moped law Um, so it's just like a written test but it's about three times as fast you know it goes 37 miles per hour and then when you're comfortable with that it grows with you again and now you're into um ride mode three and it's a motorcycle And, you know, that's a full-blown motorcycle that will go 70 miles per hour. You could use it just like any other motorcycle. But, um, you know, spanning that gap and doing it seamlessly was um, something we spent a lot of time on, um, from the mechanical components to the software components to even, like, the noises that you guys were hearing. It's It's all part of that experience.
0: Well, Evan, you know, one of the things that, you know, we had talked about that day too, right? One of the things that's really nice about easing people into it right from say from it, maybe their only experience is a bicycle yeah the only thing that changes right with you know in in ride mode one and two is that you're replacing your pedals and you're turning your wrist right everything else there's yep. there's two brakes everything else is the same it really reduces that that cognitive load because yeah you know you and i right we've been riding motorcycles for our whole lives so the clutch the shifting the front brake the the, the rear brake i mean you have like four different inputs going, right? Your left and right and, hand, yeah. both your feet, and there's a lot going on that yeah. you have. And then you still have to balance and yep. steer and not run into things, right? So this, just having a twist of your wrist and having that, you know, very predictable, you know, when yeah. I'm in e-bike mode, I know exactly what I'm getting. When I'm in motorcycle mode, I know exactly what I'm getting.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's
0: super cool. And Mike, I think that probably helps you a lot as well,
1: right? And there's just- 100%. Nothing. And th- that's why I crashed the scooter the first time I was on it, right? Because I was throttling while holding, like there's just too yeah. much to even trip. And plus, what was interesting, you know, every time I, I've ridden a scooter or a moped or something like that in the past, like it, it, when you take off, it's almost like got that little bit of a waviness to, to, to find your equilibrium. This bike was solid, dude. From like the minute I hit the throttle, it just, it felt like it was auto balancing, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's that's cool part of the like designer. <laughs> like scooters are weird because
0: they're step through, right? They're, yeah. they're not like a bicycle. And yeah. so you get that little kind of head shake on it or whatever, but this, yeah. it rides just like a bike or just like a motorcycle or just like a moped, which is super familiar.
1: Well, and that's kind of the question I have for you, Ward, you know, as somebody who's ridden motorcycles for a hundred years, um, what, uh, <laughs> what was the experience like for you as somebody who's used to a big rumbly? I love
0: Harley? it. Right. So I rode, I rode my Harley up there. Right. So I, I have a big rumbly, you know, um, internal combustion engine motorcycle that I love. And I have to tell you, I, uh, I haven't had as much fun on a motorcycle mm-hmm. for a long time when we were riding. I mean, the thing about an electric, you know, motorcycle, when you put it in that motorcycle mode, it's, it's instant torque. It's super sporty. It's just a blast. The brakes are great. I mean, everything on it from, you know, from a motorcycle standpoint is, is super cool and a lot of fun. But then the flip side was is when we were just kind of cruising in traffic or whatever. And when we kind of went down by the lake shore, uh, we're instantly in bike mode. Right. And we're, uh-huh. we're just, we're, we're, we're just relaxing. We're going nice and slow and you can go from one to the other in, you know, in two seconds, which is really, really awesome. I mean, I had a great time. That's, that's the most fun I've had on a bike in a long time.
1: And I think too, like for, for a noob going on in the street, you're riding something different you want to have more of your senses and awareness of what's going on around you and the fact that it is as quiet as it is and we could talk to each other like there was just a a comfort level there that i mean truthfully it took me about five minutes to feel comfortable in ride mode one uh quickly was in ride mode two and i was still lagging behind you guys because i was still you know playing catch up literally and figuratively but once I was in riding mode three and you guys went on the street, I've never taken a bike on the street like that before ever. And I felt 1000% comfortable. It was so cool. Yeah. So, so cool. So Evan, uh, how long has land been around and what is the, the vision for what land is trying to do in this space of mobile energy vehicle? I don't even sure exactly how you define land. So, so help us define the the now and then. Yeah.
2: So land's been, kind of in existence for at least in an idea way about four years now um but we're um uh um, incorporated company for about two years so depending on how you want to right uh two to four years um but uh so we, we started you know wanting to explore electric motorcycles and um, the deeper we got, the more we realized that the value wasn't necessarily in just in the vehicle, but it was in the platform and and, and how it was used and, and the type of things that we were designing for it. Um and particularly the, the, the battery, it was was it started to become a, a really big focus early on. Um, you know, one thing led to another, and we're designing our own batteries in-house. And we're like, okay, like you know, these batteries work very well for urban transit, but imagine if you have this energy for your life and, you know, light bulbs everywhere sort of clicked for us, right? It's like, okay, like this, like there's a lot of applications outside a vehicle if you have that energy with you all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, we started focusing a lot on that and really um, where we're at now where we see land is um, a platform that gives you access to energy, whether that's energy for mobility, energy for home backup, energy for commercial. Um, it's, it's the ability to have it with you and have it be capable for um, a very robust amount of uh, activities in your life. And um, you know, that's, that's really where we're, where we're going. Um, we're right on the, I think we're right on the, the, the precipice of that becoming more of a, um, a consumer facing idea of having this energy with you. Um, it, it, I think it's a couple of years ago, it was a little too early for it, but, um, you know, I think, uh, right place, right time for us. I think we, we kind of saw that right when we needed to. Um, so a lot of what we're focusing on right now is, is being able to take our, our batteries, which are kind of dumb, just power packs right now that you could access if you have the, um, you know, the means, but really developing that, um, you know that that hardware inside and the software to make it way use, way more useful beyond just the, the vehicle. So I think yeah, what what you're really talking
1: about is kind of even though we live in this world where uh, some people want to be off grid or or whatever else, we all still all connected to these stupid things. Always connected. Way too much, right? Yeah. And and what this vehicle and this energy transportation device, it might be a better way to, to describe it, right? Allows yep. us to do is have more freedom. Um, to still be connected. I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but uh, maybe a little bit of oxymoron well, there. But the reality of, of what we are is we, we're connected species, and yeah. we're, that's not going away.
0: Right. Well, and, and, and you know, and again, it, it you know, it's mobility of a different kind, right? You know, we, it, it's great. It, you know, if you have that, if you have that energy, there's so many more places that you can go, off grid, but still be on grid, mm-hmm. right? So you can still be in contact. You can still exactly. work remote. But now working remote has a whole, could have a whole different, you know, connotation to it, which is really, really cool. Cause there's, you know, there's a lot of places where if you want to go camping or RVing or whatever, they don't have, they don't have any hookups. They don't have any electricity, but you could still get out there and you could still, you could still explore and, you know, be connected back home, which is really cool. That's very exciting.
1: It's, it's interesting. You know, I live like five minutes from like a bike path and a little place to, to go chill. Right. Um, but my bike, unless I were to, I couldn't work, the, I couldn't go there and work long-term with, hmm. without, you know, relying on the computer battery, whenever that died, it'd have to be done. You know, even if I was here now or lived farther away, I could hop on this bike, go to a chill place, work for a day and not have to worry about not having access to, to power.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, imagine like, you know, that same ride that we did when you guys came, came and visited, but instead of coming back home. We just posted up at the park and we did that did this there right yeah, yeah. And at the center of all of us was battery with everything plugged into it we had everything we needed um and then at the end of it you put it back on the bike and then you had a little bit more fun so yeah. it's uh, you know yeah right on it, it's a it's a beautiful idea and i it's something that we really connect with it's just being being able you know we live it it's it's just like anything we do we're, we're passionate about bikes we're passionate about you know that camping or just like being able to to have that freedom whenever you need it. Right on. And it, it sounds
1: like, I mean, the bike itself. I know you're doing some cool stuff with like the drivetrain and, and other parts of it, but it feels like where your most work and innovation is going to be into really that that what that battery becomes. Is yep. that a fair statement? Yeah, for sure. Right on. Right on. Very cool. Uh, well, so, so what does the future look like for you guys?
2: Yeah, um, we have a couple of futures right now. We have kind of immediate, intermediate, and then long-term, um, but all are um, in progress, which is great. So um, right now behind me is our production facility. Um, we're testing out a lot of uh, production methods and processes right now to to get a good foundation. So when we um, you know take these, these growth periods, we, we have, we have something to, we have some learnings that we could kind of fall back on and, and, you know, okay, like that worked for this situation. Like, do we think it's going to scale? Right. Like, so we're, we're testing a lot of the the processes and um, trying to get our heads and our thoughts in the uh, kind of crowd to make sure we could, we could hit these milestones of ours. Um, so right now we're, we're doing a lot of pilot production runs, getting um, the systems in place. Uh, on the other side of my camera, uh, we're, uh, renovating, I think it's roughly about 14,000 square feet of manufacturing space, which is awesome. Um, that was something that Scott's been dreaming of for a while. You know, we have that huge space over there that's been relatively unusable, um, you know, pretty capital constrained, but we have everything in place. We could act, we're renovating it at the moment. Uh, hopefully concrete gets poured next week and, uh, we nice. can start getting some stuff nice. in there, which is super exciting. Um, and then, uh, the big news last week is is we actually got um, a grant from the federal government, a brownfield grant to. Um, oh, nice. So yeah, that was. Uh, it, yeah, we, we were pretty happy to get it. Um, we, we thought we had a pretty good chance, but you know, actually, um, saying like you know, getting someone to say yes, you have this to to do something special and uh, brief life back into some manufacturing, in Cleveland. So it's um it was the old uh, old uh, I think Cleveland Electric Company. And then it was a plating company on the east side. So East 65th in Midtown, uh, we're buying a building and we're going to be uh, renovating it. And that's about 42,000 square feet. Um, wow. we, have a, we have a couple lots. So, uh, you know, like we're gonna have an experience center. We're gonna be at this destination uh, workplace. So hopefully talent doesn't leave Cleveland anymore and they stay here and, you know, become part of um, something special that's gonna, you know, breathe life back into the city that
1: is
2: cool
1: awesome yeah there's this big huge right like place making initiative that everybody's got going on and i keep arguing you got to have cool stuff in the place you you can't just have a place right (laughs) so so even like i'm thinking you know uh if i were to do like this tech and innovations center space thing over here in northwest ohio having this bike out front would be a really cool way to draw some eyes into what's going on right Bikes yep. are sexy. It's, uh,
2: yeah, yeah, they they are. Are. yeah.
1: I mean, and these, these are cool, right? I think wasn't it um, wasn't it on the ride? Was,
2: some kid said something. One of you guys, like, as, as we drove by on the bike, what, what was that? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it, so those interactions happen all the time. It's great. I, it's like besides like getting someone new on one of our bikes for the first time, um, interacting with people outside of the riding experience is probably my second favorite thing. Uh, so we were riding past, going. We're about to go down to the bike path. And there is a, a a young kid i think he was probably like eight or something on his bike yep. his parents and he was like he was like nice bike and we turned <laughs> and like i was like oh like, that's a nice bike too Ooh. you know
0: yep. <laughs> well it gets back to that uh that you meet the nicest people on a honda right back in the in the the 60s that that honda just sold so many bikes because it it, it's it's for everybody right mm-hmm. it's not for outlaw bikers it's not for you know motorcycle racers it's mm-hmm. for everybody which yeah. is and that's totally totally true about this yeah. that's
1: cool. well and i was at the beach you can see my tan my george hamilton going on here i was at the <laughs> beach last week and uh, uh i wish i'd have had one of these bikes dude because it's like yeah, you would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Daytona, whatever county that is, they allow vehicles on, on the beach. Well, even as an e bike, I probably would have been all right. But, yep. but man, oh man, um, just a really, really, really cool, really yeah. cool bike. I keep going back to the experience because that was that was yeah. that was pretty awesome. But, um, yeah. so with everything you've got going on, um, tell us about like the the, the team and the challenges and the creative problem solving that's you know ward and i have a passion we've been teaching people about technology for for decades and and innovation design is something i'm passionate about obviously you guys have some entrepreneurial stuff going on manufacturing stuff going on there's lots of moving parts in here lots of different ways of thinking about things lots of people to lots of stakeholders in the equation how how are you guys formed as a team and functioning as a team of creative problem solvers
2: we're all we're all here for our own reasons, and we all kind of found this when we needed it. It's it's a very unique way of of, of coming together, which is is an aspect of just how um, I guess the the company draws in that type of person. But uh, I mean, even going back to to when I was in college trying to make an electric bike, and you know, not knowing anything, you know, reading books, just trying to like wire together you know solder together batteries to make a battery because I I didn't I had no interest in just like drawing something I wanted to make it and uh you know everyone was like we can't help you like you have to figure it out well I didn't and uh you know it was I almost didn't pass college but they let me you know they let me graduate which was nice but um we yeah, like even just like getting to a point where you know Scott and I started working together and I learned a lot from him and you you kind of get that uh that that balance of experience and um and vision and you, and i think i think that's really important for problem solving is is having um kind of checks and balances and and the ability to to rely on people where you where you fall off and having the um i guess uh you know we, we talk about not having egos here a lot because it's important that just because someone says something is not challenged. It's, you know, it, it's important that the, the best idea and the right idea comes, comes to the front. And that only happens if, if everyone trusts each other. Um, if everyone, you know, has that same mindset when they go into solving a problem like uh, um, like yesterday well, not yesterday. So last week we were actually working on this, um uh, uh making the brake line routing a little bit more secure. So, you know, it's, it's me, Scott and Vince working on it. And, you know, I'm kind of coming in and out talking and like, Scott will come in and blow everything up. And then we like, we go back and like-, we're, like Is okay. that very
1: good owner should.
2: Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, but it's good because like, you know, it's, you have like the, the like the person coming in with the idea of how it needs to be. And then people in the weeds, you know, doing the little details and, you know, somewhere in the middle, you're going to find that. And uh, yeah, it, it was just, it. It's like it happens every week and it's always just like it's always like the biggest deal then and you're like but you you work through it and uh yeah you know, well that
1: that communication and collaboration though allow allows the best ideas to win because they're they're challenged right not confrontational challenge but just just okay they're like really-
0: they're like pressure tested right so you yeah. you know and you, you got to take it to its logical conclusion and and i know you know when we had talked you know offline a little bit right there's you know and and mike and i talk about this all the time too there's there's kind of like scientific research creativity Mm -hmm. and there's engineering creativity and a lot of your greatest creativity comes when you start to put some hard boundaries on things right oh yeah well that's a great idea but it can't cost more than this and it has to fit in this box yeah you have to get really creative to do that and 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 that's good right and i I think that's like you're saying you have different parts of the team that come in and you know, Scott can come in and say, "Well, that's you know, that's too expensive. That's not going to work." So go back to the drawing board. Yep. And you know, in in my career as a as a software engineer, those were always the best teams that that I was on as well, where we could go grab a whiteboard, and we would have some knockdown drag out discussions about things, right, and and get to the best idea, and then we go have a beer, right. Yep. And it was and it was it, we, because we we left our egos at the door. It wasn't about who was right or wrong it was about the idea right we all yeah. were about the idea which is that's super cool those are the best teams that i've ever been yeah, no,
2: it's it's funny like um so we, we just hired a, a bunch of new people and so they're they're getting to experience these interactions firsthand right and uh so like you know are they,
1: are they drawing sides and like brandishing <laughs> like like looking for no, not,
2: not yet at least <laughs> or at least i can't talk about the sides <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> um no but like it, it's funny because uh um you guys got to meet henry and yep. uh so he's he's engineering so design and engineering it's it, it could be a good marriage and but sometimes there's there's heated things that happen too because you know very different perspectives mm-hmm. but um you know one day we we're, we were talking about how we are going to be using the batteries long term and you know we're like i'm not yelling at you but it's a very um fiery and passionate conversation and then uh you know, like, our, everyone's just, like, looking at us, and, like, you are know, like, all right, like, whatever, like, let's go, and, like, you know, and then it's completely back to normal, but it's, like, it, it was, like, it, it an intense conversation, but, I think you know, it's-
1: i think it's important for teams of creative problem solvers to be able to separate the work from and the idea from the person right yeah you you are not your idea and me attacking your idea is not me attacking you as a person i think Mm -hmm. that's where when you say you know remove the egos you have to have have enough of an ego to think that your idea is worth even bringing up (laughs) but then be able to understand like we're not here to destroy your idea we're here again the the focus even if we wrote on a whiteboard right the best ideas win like that that would be a a nice little mantra to have as everybody's top of mind when you start talking about
0: potentially contentious problems right we're always there to make it better right and and we're all working towards the same
2: goal it's you know just
0: just everybody's working toward the same thing and wants the best thing and so you want to preemptively poke holes and things so you don't find that out later right which is which is much worse
1: (laughs) so so this is interesting because these people that you've hired uh, that's before the first conversation we had so like what now like you know when you're a small group you can be ragtag and kind of just go with the flow and everything else but now how or are you working to maybe define some of how the work gets done and track the work a little bit more than you might have before
0: or even and even capture kind of what's Folklore, right? Because there's stuff in probably your yeah. head, and Henry's head, and Scott's head that these new people don't know, right? You guys just you've lived it for four years, and these these people don't yeah. know that. So how are you
2: doing that knowledge transfer? I, you know, um, me me being um, I guess as young as and inexperienced as I am, I think that was the biggest shock to me was um, you know when when it's four or five people that work very intimately together and. Do everything together a lot of that just comes second nature right it's ingrained in yep. everything you do but you know right when you you know grow your your staff by 30 percent, well that's a lot of a lot of people get to catch up yeah you know? and yep. um i i didn't realize you know i was like okay like you know it's gonna be great we're gonna teach you know we're gonna teach the guys all the stuff and but like i didn't realize how much we had to teach and like how how specific and how, you know, like detail you have to get with it is like you were saying, it's just like, it's just, it's just part of it until, until you really have to explain it. Um, That, I think that was um, the biggest, the biggest shock that really made us start implementing a lot of, a lot of these processes, um, a lot more like project management and like communication, Mm -hmm. just so it, there was so much that was going on that we we had, like we had to put up some boundaries. Like, okay, we're going to use this app. We're going to use it this way, and yep. this is how we're going to catalog it. Um, be, because if not, it's just a conversation, and you know we're all running around with our heads cut off, anyways. And you're going to forget about it. Um, it's 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 funny. You hire people to speed up, but and, and, and you it, actually it, have it, to start it, by it, slowing down. It, <laughs> like, like, yeah,
1: you know, yeah, but yes. Yeah, I mean, because I went through the same thing with where I'm at with stage three, uh, with the curriculum building, it was okay, the three of us, we're talking, we're just doing stuff making it happen. It's getting done great. As the team grew, we had to come up with templates, and and checks and balances and review things. And and now we're using like the the scrum methodology, agile, agile methodology, right for for our daily standups and everything else like that. I mean, what's cool is there's a lot of these different systems out there. Lean manufacturing is probably one you guys uh, subscribe to at least a little bit. Yeah. There's lots of these systems that are out there, which you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel to make some of this teamwork happen. You just have to find the one that is closest to what you want and then tweak, tweak yeah. it for, for your needs.
0: Yep. Yeah. Vanderpool, I'm doing the same thing. You know, I'm working for, um, I'm working with an electrical contractor right now. They've been, a, they've been around for 106 years. Wow. And they started out as a mom and pop shop. And, you know, project management used to be like, get your foreman, hey, spend it like it's yours, we trust you. But now we're doing like, you know, $10 million Amazon buildings that doesn't work so well. <laughs> and so how do you, how do you, you know, put in those processes and that kind of thing to make sure that, you know, you can run a job with 150 guys on it, right? So mm. um,
2: we're going through that the exact same growth, you know, kind of growing pains as well. Yeah, I think, um, I think too, like, well, and and going back to our team and, and kind of the, the, the mindset is, um, you know, it's not just us that have that, that, that mindset or that perspective right now, It, it really is the entire team. So like, um, so like when we, when we go to do something, it's not us questioning why we're doing it, but like everyone is, or, you know, like, like, uh, like they'll be doing something like, Oh, like we need to start standardizing this and making a process for it. So everyone has that foresight right now to really try to take that next step, and I think that's a huge part of it too. Is you know, if we would have hired other people, it, we wouldn't have had that that type of um, thoughtfulness. I think that would that's going to be really beneficial to us when we when we take the next step. Just you know, having someone that that is equally as um, excited and and aware of of what's possible and when where we need to get to, and you know, start thinking about what it's going to take to get there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's everyone. It's not just one or two people. Yep. That's great. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a culture, right? You got to build the yeah. culture. And you got to have everybody buy into that. Yep.
1: And what's, you know, the, I I was out riding around, driving around doing some things. And, and as the rest of us, you probably see help wanted signs everywhere. Right. Um, What kind of talent needs do you all have see, see yourselves having in the future. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of needs. Um. <laughs> Uh, it, it's going to be a, a lot of um, a lot of tech and a lot of uh, um, manufacturing. I think I, I think those like are the two big buckets. Um, but really, we we're looking for you know like really we want to we want to develop this this software suite and this this ecosystem that can be paired with our hardware. You know, hardware is easy for us. We've all been making stuff for a long time. But the software and and finding that talent and retaining it, I think that's going to be the um, the the, the big focus and and where we need to to really shore that up.
1: What's cool too, when you gave us the tour of the bike, you actually have some type of
2: connectivity that is monitoring. We do, yeah. You're
1: you're collecting a boat ton of data,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. So all all of our bikes are actually connected from the beginning. So. It was something that we were we were unsure that we'd be able to do, but we we were able to implement it. Just so every bike that we make is is connected, we could do over there um, updates. Um, we're working on some predictive maintenance stuff with Ey. So oh, nice. understanding how the the vehicles are are reacting, how people are using the vehicles, and you know on the back end knowing what we need to stock as a as a company, so we don't have just inventory floating, and you know being able to communicate that to a consumer and be like, hey this is gonna happen in so much time, like be aware, maybe be proactive about it, right. um, you know, and it's like those little points that are gonna make us successful, I think, beyond just what's kind of standard for the industry.
1: And what's really cool, you know, with your battery technology and, you're going to be taking those batteries are going to be existing in a whole bunch of various conditions like yeah if we're trying to understand how environmental impacts on, on battery life like you guys could could have a whole lot of
2: information there that could help build better better batteries yeah. i mean if, if you if, if you think about so henry was um part of this battery discussion a couple months ago and we were we go back to it all the time is i think it was one of those aha moments is everyone talks about, you know, batteries and recycling and, you know, what they could be used for. Um, but if you, if there's nothing collecting data on how the battery was used, it's it's impossible yeah. to get a second home. You have to know its life to be able to give it an appropriate home. Right. And uh, you know, I think that that's where, where we started to see a lot of value in, in not just having connected bikes, but having connected batteries and being able to, you know, truly be sustainable and, and proactive about how we are doing our battery manufacturing and, and, you know, re rehoming them. Right. How, you know, the battery and the temperature
1: conditions yeah, the, 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 like, it yeah. It crashes yeah. And, the, the load and variable you know, loads. I mean, it's just, yeah, there's all kinds of cool. Yeah. I mean, this just like a lot of industries. This is a data company as much as anything else, right? Software and data. It is. You guys are just a software company that sells
2: bikes, right? And batteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the the motorcycles make the battery sexy, so it's it's yeah. like, a, it's like <laughs> the, yeah,
0: and everything is better with motorcycles. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, I, I don't know.
1: You know, we'll we'll put the picture up of of me on the bike. It made me look cool. So this bike can <laughs> can can do it for anybody. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's uh let's talk a little bit about the space that you're in and the space that you're moving to. Right. So, I guess sure. my first question is why cleveland and how has the northeast ohio ecosystem kind of helped you guys to become what you are
2: yeah and you know i we're we're all from this area um it's kind of funny because i don't think many of us thought that we would end up staying here to be honest like you know like scott he lived all around the world and you know did his thing but came back to cleveland uh you know, I went to school in, in Columbus, but I never really thought I'd come back home and and start anything. But, uh, you know, when you start looking at, you know, what we're passionate about and, and what Cleveland is known for, it's, it's manufacturing and you know, it pairs really well with what we're doing. Um, you know, Cleveland's a manufacturing town. There's so much infrastructure and, and little companies hidden all over the place that do really great work. Um, so, but you know, Scott had uh, his uh, gas motorcycle business, um, the supply chain was overseas. So when we started, mm-hmm. so we started working, um, you know, on on land stuff in the district, you know, reshoring and, and really tapping into those manufacturing routes was a huge focus. And it's, you know, it, it hasn't been as easy, I think, as we thought, because it's really hard to to find, to find the people they're here for sure. Um, a lot of it's aerospace, which is Kind of out of our price range, but uh, yeah, you know it's it, it's a, it's a manufacturing town, and there's a lot of knowledge here. There's a lot of processes here that that we're going to be able to lean into, and uh, you know I, I think as as Cleveland's growing, and I personally I, I feel like it's it's kind of going through this the shift of you know kind of becoming a new version of itself. I think part of it is is reimagining its manufacturing and you know, whether that's like tapping to industry 4.0 or, you know, or doing things differently and, and being willing to, you know, work with companies like us. Um, I, I, I feel like it's happening. It, it, it definitely looks like it's happening. And, you know, like, you know, getting that Brownfield grant and, and actually having like, you know, the city and all the people who helped us get that, the support locally, is, uh, it, it's, it's been pretty incredible.
1: So yeah, I'm assuming grants like these
2: don't just land on your doorstep. I mean, how much external help did you have uh, making this thing happen? So, you know, like uh, like manufacturing works, uh, Jobs, Ohio. Um, uh, we're working with um, Loomis, so they're helping us develop it. So like, you know, coming from all angles, you know, this person has experience here. You know, we don't have that. It's, you know, like it, it's been it's been really. Um, really humbling to see how how people are, are coming to us to help us and uh and, and it's, it's mostly manufacturing based which is you know cleveland right on so that's very cool. cool so prototyping the the kind of the
1: i'm going to call it an assembly line but i don't know if that if that's what it's actually going to be that's just yeah. what i know from Cause I grew up in Monroe, Michigan, Detroit, same type of, you know, mm-hmm. vehicle manufacturing goes way back. Um, what are some of the ideas and things that you're playing around with? Uh, what do you, what do you want to learn in this space yeah. that you have right now to be able to take into the new space?
2: Um, so a couple of things. So really it's, it's, um, it's I guess management of parts and and how we do our parts. So, instead of putting everything together at once, we do things in stages. So we'll have like only six, six sub assemblies that actually go into building a bike. So you're, mm-hmm. you're popping on these, these big sub assemblies that are big chunks of the, of the bike. Um, a lot of it right now too, is, is understanding, um, uh, just times to do things and how that correlates to, uh, an assembly line. So we, we were working with magnet locally and, uh, you know, they helped us understand some of our, our time constraints and how that's going to actually feed into an assembly line process. And, you know, 14,000 square feet sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. Um, you know, we think about how big a bike is and then how much space you're going to need to, you know, store it and all the things. Um, but it was it was great to work with them and understand how you could creatively create a um, an assembly line. So we're actually going to do um, it's more of a u-shape so everything from feeds from the center out which is something none of us thought about because, you know we're you know we'll, we'll take like breaks from whatever we're doing go stand next door and start to try to visualize it but you know we don't have any of that expertise um so we're we're playing with it's more conceptual models and then um more uh more hands-on stuff too so it's we're balancing it um like Did like you- go good Oh, uh, did you ever see the movie The Founder? No, it, it might be
1: worth watching. So it's the one where Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, right? McDonald's. That that whole story—how true it is, oh, or, or whatever. Okay. But there, there, and you can YouTube it and find there's a scene where he's going through and helping them redesign the kitchen, mm-hmm. and they go to a basketball court and they draw everything out in chalk and then have people just playing the roles of moving the things yeah. around. Like you got a nice clean floor there, man. Break out <laughs> some chalk and just like kind of work oh, through yeah. the process. See who bumps into each other, right? Knocks yeah, over yeah, the, right. knocks over <laughs> the... <laughs> But yeah, that's an awesome, cause a lot of times in, in that those types of situations you end up having to retrofit something that exists. And that is a design constraint that sometimes yeah. forces you to make Less than ideal decisions. Optimizes, yeah, yeah. You've got.
0: You guys have. Yeah, just kind of green field, around.
2: man. Yeah, <laughs> from
1: the
0: ground up, which is cool.
2: <laughs> also I, intimidating and <laughs> daunting. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I think there's definitely more um, more constraints than I think we we're originally thinking. If if you know if we expect to get where we want to get to, right? Um, I think we're in around a round of space where I am currently uh, actually fairly quickly. So. Uh, this will hopefully be up and running in two months, and then we'll have about a year and a half, two years here, until we can move into the new space on the east side. So, right on. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to learn as much here, so when we move, there's not too much <laughs> that we we haven't experienced, right? Right. Yes. That's Cool. Awesome. cool.
1: So we mentioned earlier that uh, taking these bikes out and riding them, we're we're getting a lot of you know, hey, cool, cool bike, nice bike, um, seems to be fairly well received in the community of uh, of people who like electric vehicles, who like e-bikes, motorcycles. I mean, yeah. what's been the, that kind of like? What's the community like right now around
2: uh, this product? Yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting. I think it's um, it, it's not what we expected, which is very cool. Um. Uh, we we call it Moto Curious. So there's a lot of Moto Curious people, even though they don't they never thought they were right. It's and it's partially how we designed the bike. So it's you know it's attractive to not just you know me or Eric, but you know people like you, Mike, and even like um, uh, so like a story. We're we're down in in Miami visiting a distributor, and uh, we're taking pictures at sunset on this very beautiful part of the the path. And this uh, this this older woman came up to us. She was like sixty five and was like about to go for a test ride. She said, I've never in I've never even ridden a, a moped before. I'm like, but I want to get on this and ride it. Like, and she sat and talked to me for like thirty minutes, just and like never even had like a you know a little bit of interest in anything like that until that moment. And you know, I I think that's what makes um, what we're doing special. I, we did a very good job at at creating, um, I, I guess, creating a, a visual because that's kind of what people get drawn to, right? That's that's you could be comfortable with approaching; it's not intimidating, but you know, everyone can identify with it in their own way. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, being able to use the bike outside of being a motorcycle is also something that works, I think, even better than what we were thinking. Um, You know, I like to give the example, like when you wake up and you're a little groggy and you, you know, it takes a little time to get all your, uh, you know, your, your brain cells firing correctly. Um, You know, I'll get a coffee and I'll put it in e-bike mode and I'll ride, I'll ride the the e-bike path to, to work with, you know, a coffee in my hand. And, you know, I've had, I've had mothers pushing, you know, their children in strollers, like smile and like, tell me good morning. And I'm on a motorcycle <laughs> on a bike path with a coffee in my hand. And it's just like, I, and I, I always try to make a point to reflect on because it's the coolest thing. And, you know, from the opposite side of the spectrum, you know, I have a gas bike and it's a little louder than it probably should be. So in the same neighborhood, riding a mo- uh, a vehicle that does the same things, but it's gas, I get flicked off and like, mm, it's like yeah, but it's, it's, you know, but that's the beauty of electric and the beauty of our bike is it completely disarms people. As long as you're respectful, it's very, everyone's very um, welcoming to it. And it's, um, it's been, well, and, and, it, and it looks amazing, right? I mean, that's yeah, the bottom it, it line. Does. I know you
1: were, I know you were instrumental in how this thing looks and, and dude, it just looks kick-ass. Like it's got that little bit of nostalgia feel, but also the mm-hmm. futurist, like it's just, yeah a yep. rock solid, yep. it's going to, it's a and, timeless and design. It's a timeless design
0: is and the attention to yeah. detail is great. The other thing, you know, Evan, to follow up kind of on where you were with, the, with how it's received, you know, a lot, there's a few manufacturers, right. That do electric motorcycles. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, one thing that people are always saying was like range anxiety or this or that. Right. So I have a, I, I rode my Harley up. I use that to. It's a touring motorcycle, right? If I'm gonna go ride five, six hundred miles, or go cross, I could, you know, take it across the continent. It's great. That's what it's for. Um, Your bike fits this niche that nobody else is hitting, right? And with with its intended purpose, there's no range anxiety. It's easy to charge. It's accessible. I mean, it just hits this this niche where you know it's great. It's it's it is doing exactly what it's designed to be. And you know, you're not going to take it across country, but that's not what it's for, which is, which is really cool. It's just well-defined and, and super easy to understand. Right. So I, that's one of the things I really liked about it. It's, it's easy for, you know, not only is it good looking, but you can explain the thing in about 30 seconds and everybody gets it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so how do I get one? That's the real question. How, How do, how do I, or somebody else actually yeah, get because
0: one because whether you know it or not, out there you want one of these things. <laughs> I mean, it, it,
2: you, yeah. you exactly. want one. Yep. Um. Yeah. So it we you could purchase one from a website right now. Um. Right now we have over a hundred pre-orders. Well, I guess reservations is a better word for it. Um. You know, that's a deposit, a deposit or whatever it is. But how we do it internally? Um. We're doing these these production runs where we'll call our customers. say hey you know we're doing this production run um we have this many spots available it's kind of um we'll go by how in the order of the of the um the orders that we got but we also do it by are you willing to to pay for it right now so we could actually ship you a vehicle right Mm -hmm. because part of what we want is our bikes to get out there so it's like you know whoever's kind of willing to 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 make the payment or you know have whatever that um that financial is to get a bike is valuable to us. But um, so right now we have over a hundred people that are um, waiting, but uh, we'll have another production run coming up very soon. That will be reaching out to customers and, you know, seeing where that falls. So um, if you did order one it's probably going to be um, beyond summer at this point, um, it's looking around. Right like, so it's um, there's still a, but there's still opportunity it's it's not set in stone but um you know we have a, we have a lot to uh we have a lot to make and get out there
1: well i'm kind of curious so like this idea of production runs like are you going is that how you're going to kind of incrementally kind of learn and grow as part of the process like do a production yeah. run and then take some time to iterate yep. a little bit and nice, yep.
2: very so, nice. Like, so like the part of that that i guess that um that progression was you know we started with one prototype. Okay, you know, got interest. And then when we were ready, we, we did seven prototypes. So a lot of, you know, it's kind of like next step, but not too much to bite off of where mm-hmm. if we made some mistakes, they weren't as drastic. Um, Before then, you send an email to a million people, send it to 10 first. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, learned an incredible amount during the prototype run. Um, and then we moved into the, the pilot manufacturing. We did uh, 20 bikes. So, nice. um, you know, and then now we're, we're, we're looking at doing much more than that. Um, we're a little capital constrained now, so it's going to kind of dictate where we're going with the, uh, the next, next run. But, um, you know, it'll, we want to start sustaining around, um, a hundred, hundred bike orders. So, you know, ordering a hundred bikes worth of parts uh, um, right on. For, for the next couple of years, but, um, but yeah, it's, a. Uh, it, it's, it's been a great progression because I think we, we learn more than we think that we're going to every time.
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. So seriously though, it, if I were to come to your facility right now, what would I have to give you to take one of the bikes home?
2: Is
1: that,
2: uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about
1: that. We'll, we'll talk about that, that. offline.
2: How much does it say on our website? I think it's-
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I want to take it home. I don't want to wait. I want to get to the, how do I get to the yeah. front of the line? Is there a front of the line?
2: <laughs> Maybe we can figure something out.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> offline. Um, cool, cool. I mean, Evan, it's been great talking to you. Um, is there anything else that
2: you, that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover here? No, I think we, I think we covered everything. You know, I'm excited for you guys uh, to come back and see, um, how much progress we've made since uh, even such a short little time.
0: Yeah. Ward, anything else you want to know about here? No, this is great. I'm 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 looking forward to coming back up as well. Um. And and seriously, if you know anybody out there, if you have even a remote inkling of of wanting one of these, once you get on it, you're gonna want to sign up to buy one. They are they're a blast. They're amazingly uh, practical and fun at the same time, which is a really cool mix. So you know, Evan, thanks for the time.
1: Um, yeah. I, I could talk about motorcycles all day. So
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I appreciate you guys
2: having me. Thank you.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that's great timing. My neighbor just came across the street and I've got a, have got to run. So um, awesome. 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 Thank you both for your time today. And uh, we will talk again soon. All right. See you guys hey. later. All right.